Hey, this is Doug Eccles. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Got Better Things for You. Acts chapter 1, we're going to stand together and read the word. Amen. And verse number uh, 7, we'll begin there. Out of the foyer, we have some CDs available. We have some books and T-shirts. The long sleeve are just $10, and the short sleeve, whatever color they are, they're 20 okay? So we take all kinds of payment, and we can help you out with that. Praise God. Acts chapter 1. Verse 7, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Everybody say up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, how many glad, the same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing today. Lord, that you would speak to us, and Lord, that we would uh, uh, be aware of what is happening in the world, that we would see uh, through the word of God that, uh, that things are happening and that we will have our heart prepared and our life ready in the name of Jesus. If there be one here that does not know you, one that is backslidden, one that is here today, Lord, that uh, uh, has sin in their life, I pray make it hot in here for them today that they would be drawn to Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let conviction come, I pray, in the name of the Lord. And Lord, we thank you for we give you glory and we give you honor. We lift you up in your mighty name we pray and everybody said amen why don't you tell somebody Jesus is coming sooner than later all right Jesus is coming sooner than later praise the Lord now the word of God it says that the angel said you men of Galilee why stand you gazing up into heaven the same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven we know that Jesus said he was coming back the apostles foretold that he was coming back. Now we have the angels confirming that Jesus is coming back. And I, I've been uh, looking at the news and seeing all the things that is going on. And a lot of people have some things going on on the inside of them. There's anxiety. And uh, the Bible said that in these kind of days, they would be days of stress. And if you watch too much news, you will get stressed out. But the truth today is this, that uh, I had somebody ask me, what happens uh, or what has to happen for the rapture to take place? And I said, absolutely nothing. 
all these things that we are seeing, we understand that uh, as we look uh, around, we know that Jesus is coming very soon. But really the things that needed to take place for Jesus to come back has already taken place. The Jews began to migrate back to that place called Palestine, that place that we call the Holy Land in the early 1900s. And then in 1948, Israel became a nation. This is the one thing that needed to happen for the coming of the Lord to take place. And then even under Trump's administration, whether you liked him or not, uh, you know, uh, the truth is he declared that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. So these things are very prophetic. And we know that uh, this was a sign when Israel became a nation and then the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that took place at the beginning of the early 1900s, really on New Year's Eve 1900, and then into 1901, the outpouring that took place in Topeka, Kansas, and now has swept across the world through Los Angeles to the eastern part of the country and around the world. We have the Holy Ghost being outpoured. That is a sign that Jesus is coming very soon. So nothing else has to happen. His imminent return could happen at any time. Can I get an amen in here? Now, somebody was asking me, how will the rapture take place? Well, the rapture will be secret and it will be sudden. The rapture will be secret and will be sudden. Now, there are people that have a, a tendency, and I don't, I'm not here to argue with you. This is a one-way conversation today, all right? If you want to argue, send me something by email and, and uh, you know, don't call the pastor. Get with me. But I will tell you, we believe here that Jesus is coming before the tribulation. If you want to believe he's coming in the middle, that's up to you. If you want to believe he's coming at the end, it's up to you. But I will tell you that in order for the rapture to be secret and sudden, uh, it cannot be in the middle of the tribulation or at the end because then it would not be a secret. You would know when it was coming. In order for it to be a secret, it must come before the tribulation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He's coming as a thief in the night. Matthew 24 and verse 36. But of that day and hour knows no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. I'm here to tell you that... Uh, Jesus doesn't know, the angels don't know, and so when you get some preacher tell you 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988, he's wrong. Are you understanding me? Because we don't know, but we do know the times and the seasons. We know that we are living closer to his return than ever before. And I heard one preacher put on uh, Facebook, uh, a preacher from Tulsa, you know, we got all the big-headed preachers in Tulsa. You know, I'm from Tulsa, too, so I just threw myself in. You know, one day I was at church, and we had three evangelists there, and literally the three evangelists, and I was one of them, had bigger heads than everybody in the whole congregation. A literal big head, okay. So I thought, I don't know. It must be in the genes of being an evangelist, all right? But this guy said, well, Jesus can't come today, he said, because God would have told me. And I thought of that old song that my sister's here. She would sing, uh, who do you think you are, Mr. Big Stuff? How many remember that old song? 
<laughs> it wasn't in the hymn book, by the way. But it might have been, it might have should have been, all right? But now we understand. I don't know the rest of that song, so if it was bad, forgive me. But anyway. So when we try to speculate, he's going to come on this day. He's going to come at this hour and this time. The Bible's very clear that no man knows, not the angels of heaven, but only God knows. So I'm going to get this down. And I think one of the biggest problems we have about the coming of the Lord is that we mix the second coming with the rapture of the church. There's many times that we uh, put these things together. Matter of fact, there are Pentecostal denominations, not the assemblies of God, but they don't even take, a, they group them in together. Well, they will not be together. They are two separate uh, uh, events that take place. So what's the difference today between the rapture and the second coming? I'm glad you asked. One is a private event. The private event will be for believers only. That is the rapture of the church. The other will be a public event. That is the second coming. Every eye will see him. One, Jesus takes believers to heaven with him. That would be the rapture. The other, Jesus comes to this earth to stay. One will precede the tribulation. The other will be at the conclusion of the tribulation and will usher in the millennium, the thousand year reign. And for the the rapture, we know that business will be going on as usual as the days of Noah. Now, you say, what does that mean? Let's look to Matthew chapter 24, business as usual. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. So business as usual for the rapture. Now, if we were going to have the rapture at the end of the tribulation, business will not be going on as usual. It will be some of the worst times this world has ever seen. But the Bible says as the days of Noah, that today uh, I, I will tell you, somebody is going to get married somewhere in Oklahoma. And we had people that went out eating and drinking last night. Are we understanding that? And that is business as usual, but I'm going to tell you at the tribulation time when even some prophecy scholars say in the first half of the tribulation, 75% of the world's population will be dead by natural disaster, by earthquake, by tsunami, by uh, things that we have seen uh, uh, go around the world and not including, uh, uh, you know, those that give their head because of the Antichrist uh, uh, demanding everybody to take a mark on their hand or their forehead. Let's let's throw something else out. Everybody that thinks that the vaccine is the mark of the beast, I got news for you. It is not the mark of the beast because I'm still here. The mark of the beast will not take place until after the rapture, and I'm going to be in the rapture. And as far as I know, you didn't get that in your hand, and you didn't get it in your forehead. Now, there are some similarities when they say you can't do this without having the, the vaccine. But I'm going to tell you, it is not the mark of the beast. I don't care what you think about it. I, I don't care if you want to have it or you don't. That's, I, I just don't want anybody to have to do anything they don't want to do. I thought this was America. 
Okay, that's where I'll leave that alone. I thought I'd just preach that real quick just in case some of you were worried. But now the second coming, although business will be as usual for the rapture for the second coming in Matthew 24 and 21, then shall be great tribulation such as not uh, since the beginning of the world to this time nor uh, ever shall be. So one will be business as usual, the other will be basically hell on earth. One is business as usual, the other something so bad the world has never seen anything like it. The rapture takes place so that we have an opportunity to avoid going through literal hell on earth. And if you miss the rapture, your chance to miss literal hell on earth will be gone. Are you with me today? All right, what about Jesus said, well, these will be the signs of my coming. In Matthew 24, that the disciples came and said, what will be the sign of your coming and in the end of the world? Do you realize a lot of people think this is the end of the world? I don't know, it may be the preceding the end of the world, but it's still not the end of the world. We're not, we're at least seven years away from Armageddon. If the rapture took place right now, Armageddon would still be seven years away. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be World War III before Armageddon. I don't know. I can't tell you that. But Armageddon, if that's what you're talking about, it will take place at the end of the tribulation period. Matthew 24, verse 1 through 6. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another. That shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said to them, I like what he said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Do not be deceived by man. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, or I am like Christ, or I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. A lot of us are hearing about wars and rumors of wars, all right? But look what Jesus said, see that you not be troubled. Right there, he said, see that you not be troubled. I love when Jesus shows up on the scene. He doesn't leave us in anxiety. He doesn't leave us biting our nails. He said, do not be troubled. He said, uh, uh, do not be troubled. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. He always throws in that. Don't be troubled. I'm trying to help somebody today. I don't want you to leave in fear, but I want you to leave ready today for the coming of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? amen. Most of what he began to say, he said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. All right, most of what he began to say, he said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be, uh, there'll be many shall be offended. How many know we're living in that day? Oh, they said something about me. I'm offended. They didn't say hi to me. I'm offended. They said hi too big. I'm offended. He said this will be a sign, but it's still not, the end is not yet. He said there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. There'll be pestilences. There'll be corona. 
He said, but the end is not yet. Most of what he said will precede the second coming, but will begin even prior to the rapture. But we will be getting the light version before the rapture. After the rapture takes place, you're going to get it amped up, revved up. It'll be corona on top of corona on top of corona, earthquake on top of earthquake on top of earthquake, pestilence on top of pestilence. All these things are going to ramp up. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. When a woman has a baby, it is the beginning. They have those things called contractions, and they look pretty painful. And when I see a woman have those, uh, uh, my wife, I'm thinking, man, that I am glad I'm a man. Okay, some of you could say amen to nothing all day. You could have said amen to that, all right? But anyway, you realize that when she had those contractions, you started counting how close they were together. And as the time got closer, they got closer and closer together until that baby came. But it was nothing like the pain of childbirth. It was the beginning, and what he's saying is what we are seeing right now before the coming of the Lord, before the rapture of the church takes place, these are just the early birth pains. There'll be wars and rumors of wars, but don't be troubled. Don't be frightened. Don't be fearful. Listen, this is not the end. Okay. Very quiet in here today. So, with that all being said, how can we comfort one another in these times? How can we comfort one another in these times? First Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And there is that last line. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The comfort comes that we know. We've all had loved ones that have gone on to be with Jesus. Jesus. Maybe their body is laying in some uh, grave somewhere. Maybe they were uh, uh, cremated even, and they're on your shelf. It does not matter. Somehow, when Jesus comes back, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up in the clouds to meet the, them in the air and the Lord in the air. So listen, he's saying whatever you're going through right now, it is temporary. The death that you have experienced in your family is temporary. The separation that we have on this earth is temporary. The problems that we are having is temporary. We are to comfort one another with these words because Jesus is coming soon. We can be comforted and know that we are ready to meet him and everything changes in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We know the rapture and the meeting Jesus in the air is called our blessed hope. So if you are not ready, there is no comfort. And if you are not ready, there is no hope. So we got to get ready. If you're not ready, the good news is today, Jesus has not come yet. And you can get ready so you have the hope and that you have the comfort. Somebody say amen to that. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. You can look around and say, well, I, I, I think we're going to go through the tribulation. Well, I know that 
the Bible says uh, that there's some things that can happen, but he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Uh, I will tell you something. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I don't know, but I will tell you that I am not going to be here when uh, the hell uh, uh, comes to this earth. It won't be as bad as hell, uh, uh, not on the earth, but it's going to be pretty close. That will be a tormenting time for those that are left behind. And some people say, well, I think uh, I read in the Bible that there'll be people saved during the tribulation. There will be, but most of them will probably have to give their head for the cause of Christ. If you can't serve God now while it's easy, do not take a chance uh, and miss out. I'm telling you, it is time to serve God, but he has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. To the church of Philadelphia, we talked about the seven churches in the book of Revelation. They are very prophetic to us in the day that we are living in. But the church of Philadelphia, he says in uh, Revelation 3.10, he says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. See, I believe that he will keep those that are saved from that temptation or the tribulation time, and he will uh, has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. So I came to tell you that the rapture of the church brings me comfort, and the rapture of the church is a hope to me, and it should be to you and I. Now, we hear uh, one of the signs of the coming of the Lord is, uh, what about the whole world must hear the gospel before Jesus comes? We are seeing that through the pandemic. How many know the devil brought the pandemic? You say, well, I, I think it was of God. I, well, I don't know what kind of God you have. But I'm going to tell you, you're, we still, this morning, we were coming down the elevator at the hotel, and there were flight attendants still wearing a mask. Okay? We don't wear one anywhere else, but you can get it at the airport. I think we're a little confused. All right? Now, don't get mad at me. I'm not, I don't, you wear whatever you want. But here's the thing I'm talking about. During this time, it was Fauci said, wear two masks. Wear one mask. Oh, you don't need a mask. You need one booster. You need two boosters. You need th you're going to need a booster till eternity. All right? It seems a little confusing to me. Seems like, don't take this medicine, take this medicine. Don't, oh, now we don't want to take that medicine. That medicine killed people. If you did this, you were dying. If you did this, you lived. And yet, they were confused. The Bible says the devil is the author of confusion. So the devil thought, I'm going to take out the church. Now, he did not take out Walmart. He did not take out Lowe's. He did not take out Home Depot. But almost every church in the nation for two years has had less attendance than they've ever had. But I got, I got a word for the devil. The devil's a liar. Yeah. While he was saying, I'm going to take out the church, something began happening. The gospel began to go in remote places by video that had never been before. And so the gospel's been getting out in a greater way. And I will tell you, even if somebody is missed, Matthew 24 and 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. I know that is true, but it is not true of the rapture. It is true of the second 
coming. So if we miss some people before the rapture, there's 144,000 evangelists that will be preaching during the tribulation. There's going to be the gospel will get out and there will be a, no one that will not hear about Jesus. I'm going to tell you that is not true of the rapture, but it is true of the second coming. But we're seeing it amped up in the day that we're living in. Can I get an amen in here? So when will Jesus come? Matthew 24 and 44. Therefore be ye also ready for an hour and an hour that you think not the Son of Man comes. Now, I hear people say, well, he, you know, that guy said on Facebook, he can't come today. And I, I'm thinking, in an hour you think not, he comes. That is one of the most interesting way to say, in an hour you think not. So you're sitting there, well, he's not coming today. Putin's still riding a horse without a shirt on. You know, I don't know what your reasoning might be, you know. You got all the, he can't come today. And about the time you think he's not coming, he comes. And if you think he's coming and you say, well, then he can't come because I think he's coming, he can come. It's very, it's, that's a very interesting statement. So it's basically saying at any time, at any moment, any time, doesn't matter what anybody thinks, he could come, you need to be ready, and in an hour. You can try to figure it out, he's coming now, but when you don't think he could come, he comes. So what should I do, especially in these last days? Luke 19, 13, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. How many know we don't use the word occupy that much? On an airplane, there's that little room with the blue water. On the door is a little slide. If it slides over red, it says occupied. That means it's busy. We need to stay busy for the Lord knowing that he's coming very soon. So I cannot be idle. I got to work hard for the Lord. I got to take as many people with me as possible to heaven because people are afraid in the day that we're living. People are hurting. They're ready to hear about Jesus. They're ready hear about the blessed hope because they've heard about the antichrist uh, that are in the world. You might say, is Putin the antichrist? I don't know, but he's uh, surely one of the many antichrists. Are you hearing me? I don't think he fits the bill for antichrist, the big one, but I think he fits the bill for many antichrists. Because right now, nobody likes him, and the antichrist, everybody's going to be fooled by him and like him. Yeah, there's a lot we could preach about that, but I, I don't have time. I'm already running over, and some of you are giving me the look. <laughs> Second Thessalonians 2.15, what do we do now that we see Jesus is coming? Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. We're to stand fast. This is not the time to get weird. This is not the time to start believing stuff you've never believed before. This is the time to stick to the Word of God. This is the time. Hebrews 10, 25, what do we do? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So what I say, get in church, be the church, participate in church. These are what we do in the last days. It says in Luke 21, 36, watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Do you realize that a lot of people say we don't like the rapture because those people are escape people? Well, Jesus said to pray that you might escape. 
because he was telling you, you don't want to be here after the rapture. He said, pray that you might be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Listen, I'm telling you, you need to be ready for the coming Lord. But I don't want you to be in fear. I want you to be in faith. I want you to be uh, in hope. I don't want you to be in uh, uh, stress. I want you to be blessed. I don't want you to be cursed. I want you to be ready for his coming. Listen, I, I close with this right here. I was preaching down in Haiti, and you all know that I was there when the earthquake took place. And I've told this story, but it's my life, and I, I live it, okay? Why do I keep going to Haiti? Because I'm a debtor to the people of Haiti. The day I was there, 300,000 people died. It was only my second time to be there when that earthquake took place. And that earthquake, I was going to a place to stay. And the Lord spoke to me on the way to the hotel, don't stay there. Just a real small voice. The Bible said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many know led does not mean uh, bam? How many know if God led us like that, we'd all come to church bruised and beat up every week? But the word led there in the Greek is gently led. I heard a voice say, don't stay there. That's all I heard. I told the taxi driver, I said, don't take us there. He said, where are you going to go? I said, take me to Visa Lodge. It's the only place I could think of. I'd ate a meal there, and I didn't get sick. That's a good place to go in Haiti. And, and we get there. And uh, when that earthquake took place, it was only 35 seconds. But the ground began to shake violently. And at the hotel where we were at, there was some damage, but nobody died right there, all right? It, nothing collapsed. Uh, there was, you know, like a staircase kind of crooked, all the water dumped out of the pool, all this kind of stuff. But, but we didn't have the damage. But you could see all over the horizon. It was 4.35 in the afternoon. You could see smoke coming up from buildings that were on fire. Others had collapsed. You could hear people screaming. You could hear people in panic. There was stuff going on everywhere. All right? 35 seconds. It was 4.35. It got dark. It got dark about 6. I'm in the parking lot of that hotel because we kept having tremors, and we were afraid to go back in the building because a building like this came down all in one piece. We went out trying to help, and I will tell you a couple of stories. I had $8,000 in my pants pocket that day. You say, why was I carrying that much money? Well, you can't use an American Express. All right, and they don't take, they don't take a credit card for a well and to feed the hungry. So I had to have it, and I had it in my pants pocket. You, if you got any wild ideas, I don't have that money with me today. All right? But I had it in my pants pocket, and we went out, and we, we found out very quickly as we left the hotel compound, there were people just panicking everywhere. It was crazy. We saw people smashed. We saw people trying to drag their relatives out under rubble. We tried to help, but we didn't have a shovel. We didn't have a hammer, didn't have a, a crowbar, didn't have a front loader, didn't have a bulldozer. We really needed a bulldozer. We couldn't help. I felt helpless, but I had that money in my pocket. Now, here's the thing. Maybe three buildings would be down and one would be up. We found a grocery store that was still up. And we could see a light on in the back like they had a flashlight. And I knocked on the door. I knocked on the door. And I could see they had all this food and water and stuff. And, they, and we with them that we wanted to buy something. And they said, no. 
I pulled out all the money, every bit of it. I flashed the money. I said, I'll buy whatever you have. They wouldn't even sell me a bottle of water for $8,000. Now, you understand the Bible said in during the tribulation, you will not be able to buy or sell without taking the mark of the beast. I can see how that could take place very easily. See, remember when we couldn't get toilet paper? Some of you had taken the mark just for that. Are you listening? But the chaos. So we went back to the hotel. I prayed all night in the Holy Ghost. Just walked around praying in the Holy Ghost in the dark. Couldn't hardly see my hand in front of my face. But I got to the point where I had peace in the Holy Ghost. I never got to joy, but I got to peace. The next morning, we went out trying to help again. And when we got outside of the compound, there were bodies lined up along the road. Hundreds and hundreds of dead bodies, some covered with a sheet, some bloody, some smashed. The sight was horrific. And I've never asked the Lord to take it out of my mind. I never have because I got something. I, I began to think, 300,000 people died. I'm alive. Why? That's why I keep telling, asking you to help me. That's why. Because I'm a debtor to the people of Haiti. I'm more Haiti, Haitian than most Haitians. Because once they leave, they never come back. I keep going back. They don't want to go back, but I do. Because God loves them. Now, let me tell you something. I see those bodies, and the only thing that I get comfort, I pray that in 35 seconds, many of them called on the name of the Lord. That's what comforts me. He said, call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. But listen, when the rapture takes place, you don't have 35 seconds. The Bible said he comes in the twinkling of an eye. Faster than you can blink your eye, faster than you can snap your fingers. You're not going to have 35 seconds. You've got to be ready for the coming of the Lord in advance. And those of us that are ready, we have comfort. Those that are ready, we have hope. But if you don't have uh, uh, that assurance you're ready, you don't have hope and you don't have any comfort. When you see what's going on with Ukraine and Russia and China and Iran, you get starting to bite your fingernails. Well, I'm not biting my fingernails today. I do not let my heart be troubled because I believe in God. He's coming for me. Are you understanding that? Stand to your feet right now. Come on, everybody stand.